afternoon and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is Bretta. G'day, Corey. Good to be back for another podcast. Welcome, listeners. We've got a lot to cover today, so I'll move on quickly to the third member of the team. Welcome, Bontha. Choo-choo! That's right, Bretta. The Bombs Express is back. And boy, what a podcast we have today. Not only did JLT start back up on the weekend, but we have got some really, really exciting news uh, for all the listeners out there today. So, Corey... Can you lead us off with what this exciting news is, mate? Yep, so at the top of the podcast, you'll notice that I did leave out uh, the Ladbrokes uh, drop. Ladbrokes, obviously our preferred gambling partners moving forward, uh, but we've got some more exciting news. The boys at exoticlimo.com.au are jumping on board the Supercoach Elite train for the 2018 season. Um, these guys are absolutely amazing, and I don't know if the boys here have had a look through their limos yet, but man, I was blown, blown away. Over 50 different options to choose from, stretch limos, hummers, uh, supercars, super they've got the luxury sedans, um, and they're bringing you the best of the best. So these guys offering bucks parties, wedding, graduations, formals, or just a night out on the town, um, and even better... Throughout the 2018 season, boys, uh, you drop the Supercoach Elite's name to these boys when you're booking. Um, you'll get a further members-only benefits with that. So you can get into contact with them at exoticlimo.com.au uh, or call them at 1300 532 532. Uh, just some, a really exciting time. Now, we'll get into the talk of what the prizes are going to be, and we are going to have a league coming up with these guys at Exotic Limo, um, and it's a Supercoach Elites and the Exotic Limo crew versus the rest of the world. So we're going to have 12 spots coming up with some awesome, awesome prizes and some awesome giveaways for those who are listening. Now, I'll run through the way we get into the league first, and then what the prizes are. So to qualify for this league, we're offering, firstly, to our podcast-only listeners, um, for the week now until Sunday, this is your chance first, and then we'll open up to our Facebook and our Twitter community as well. But the way you get in, 25 words or less, or try and keep it as close to that as possible, inbox us on any form of social media and let us know why you deserve to be in the league. Now, on Facebook, as always, at Supercoach Elites, on Twitter, at SC Elites. But let us know why you deserve to be in the league. Should I run through some prizes, boys? I think you I should. Well, I think yep. you should. So, the winner of the Exotic Limo and the Elites vs. the World League uh, is entitled to a three-hour Ferrari limousine party for up to eight people, valued at the total package of two grand. A Ferrari limousine, Corey? Ferrari Amazing. limousine. That's Ferrari monstrous. Limousine. Amazing. The runner-up. I've never even seen it in my life. Oh, the league. Jump on. Jump on. You can find it at www.facebook.com. Slash Limousines Melbourne. Um, check them out on Instagram, at Exotic Limo as well. Uh, but the league runner-up for our league is a one-hour super-sized Hummer party for up to 22 people, valued at $800. The prelim final losers. So not you don't have to win the league to be walking away with a great prize. The prelim final losers will take the one-hour Transformers-themed Bumblebee Chevy Camaro party uh, for up to a party of eight. And that's valued about $500 per ride. On top of that, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th all walk away with a $100 gift voucher to be redeemed at www.exoticlimo.com.au. So the boys, and look, we'll drop this throughout the year. 
on board. It's great to have them on board, and we cannot thank them enough for the awesome prizes that they're offering. All you have to do to to get in is let us know, 25 words or less, why you should be in our league. Um, also, give the boys at Exotic Limo a follow on Facebook and Instagram as well. Oh, bit of a tongue twister, but it's over. That that is incredible. Yeah. I I um I thought there was only I'll be honest with you, I thought there was only gonna be like a top prize and, and maybe a runner up prize. But the fact that these boys have gone all the way down to eight, gee, good on them. Good on no wonder why we're so wrapped to have them on board. Get around them. And I'll tell you what I'm most excited about, boys. I'll tell you what I'm most excited about. Uh, like when I roll around in that Ferrari limo by myself because I'm winning that award, no doubt. I'm winning that league, so <laughs> come at me, boys, because I'm not taking anyone with me for 16 or for 10, whatever the party is. I'm going to be a party of one. I'm going to love it. Uh, and just so everyone knows, Bonf is going to be competing super, super hard for this league because Bonf, <laughs> you had some exciting news that happened uh, during the week. Do you want to let the community know, uh, you know what happened in your life? Oh, well, I, d- I didn't realise we were doing this, but I'll tell you what, uh, it, I'll tell you what, Exotic Glimmo's jumping on for uh, the, the 2018 season. I'm going full, just as fast as this freight train can go, right, to go for it, because I, I got engaged over the weekend, so I, you have no idea how much I want uh, I want to get inside one of these Ferrari limos or the Transformer Bumblebee limo, mate, whatever they've got, I'm taking advantage of it, even if it's a $100 gift card um, or gift voucher, whatever it is, mate, I'm just going... For it, couldn't care about any other league I'm in. I'm gunning for this one. Absolutely. So just park the Bonf Express at the train station for the night and roll around in a Ferrari instead. Yeah, that sounds good. Ah, clap, clap on that too, Bonf. Congratulations. I really did throw you under the bus there. Yeah, (laughs) that's all right. Thanks, mate. All All right, some great news, but boys, we need to get into some JLT talk. Um, North Melbourne and Melbourne kicked us off on the weekend. Some interesting football. Uh, to say the least, from the ruse. Luke Davies Uniaki had the 12 touches. I mean, 154 handballs, so with a score of 52. But what did we gather from seeing uh, Luke Davies Uniaki nice and early? Uh, Bonds will flick across the youth at first. Look, I don't know if we uh, if we gained a hell of a lot because he did only touch the ball uh, a limited amount of times, which I was incredibly disappointed about because I would have loved to have seen him to go at about 15 or 20 touches, you know, uh, throughout the game, I guess. But, um, look, I mean, if he was only able to touch it 12 times, so be it. And nine of those were handballs. But, look, in saying that, his handballs were relatively effective, were they not? Um, I thought he he was involved in certainly some scoring plays um, throughout the game as well. And, look, 52, it's not a it's not a big score. But I think, look, it's going to be a sort of a first hit out for him. Um, I'm not all that concerned. As long as he's still there round one, I'll still be jumping on him um, as well. You kind of could forgive the 12 touches and the kind of the low score if his game time percentage was a little bit lower as well. But he still had 78% game time uh, too. And, and I don't think he attended all that many centre bounces either. So, you know, I think all these things will kind of naturally take place. But look, for his first hit out, you can't be too disappointed in that, I would have thought. I think coming off that back injury too earlier in the league, I was surprised that he even got up for this game. Um, after you know, I was happy to see it. Yeah, yeah. So it was good to see that he's got a bit of grit, got a bit of, he's got a bit of size to him for a young boy as well. So it was uh, pretty excited. Bretta um, did enough to stay on our radars without really overdoing it. I think it was just a good first hit out. Got in and under, got a few touches, and didn't overdo it. Didn't get hurt. So certainly, I think if he's picked, he probably still run Davis Uniaki. Yeah. Now, Bumps, you were uh, let us know the other day. You thought Alex Morgan was all right for, for what he done out there. Do you want to have a quick touch on him? Um, yeah, look, I think he was relatively um, okay in the, I guess, in the very limited time he kind of got his hands on the ball. 
Um, but I think what I liked about him was some more of his defensive efforts more than anything else. Now, he didn't accumulate the ball, um, but look, I'm kind of just hoping that he'll be selected round one, but I'm not... I'm not anticipating he's going to set the world on fire, but I'll tell you what, if he can, you know, average even 55 for me at 123K, I'll be selecting him. Brother? Yeah, again, looked okay. Um, very quick. Very, very quick. And, again, if he's selected, there's you're just pretty much going to take whatever you can. And I think he did enough to, to get it picked. If he comes in, has no touches, no touches, no touches, does absolutely nothing, you maybe don't consider it, but he certainly did enough to, I think... Uh, push for the selection in the first 22 of the year and push for selection now, teams, too. Speaking of the kids, um, and I'm going to muck this up every single week, Bailey Fritsch, how did we see his game? Uh, I, I know we were all excited. We gave him massive raps before the podcast, uh, before Melbourne even went out on the weekend. Uh, but Bombs, again, starting with you, how did you find young uh, BF's game? He's, he's playing. He's playing. 11 touches, 3 goals, 78% game time. 70 supercoach points he's playing. Uh, if anyone watched Simon Goodwin's press conference out there as well, Simon Goodwin is never going to say that, you know, this player here is going to debut for, you know, in the first round because he, he just can't say that because he needs him to continue to perform at training and sort of not get caught up in, in all that sort of stuff and, you know, maybe taper off a bit. He will be there round one. I've never been more confident than anything in my entire life. Um, and, look, this guy here is FC me um, and he was there I guess before the weekend going in and he did absolutely nothing to kind of suggest that he needs to move from that position and uh, he needs to, to get around into some more teams at the moment as Bailey Fritch yeah, that beautiful. We spoke about how he could be potentially that that link-up play coming down the field, uh, taking a mark down the ground and delivering the ball, but didn't he look deadly in the forward line as well? You touched on it. The three goals, three goals too. So he's had five shots on goal. He's taken six marks. Um, I think he's absolutely locked himself uh, a spot in his team. If you hadn't selected him yet, I strongly suggest you get onto it now. Uh, Brett up, Mitch Hannon. Now, I know you were very, very impressed with his game on the weekend. <laughs> Have you taken the vice captain off him yet, or is that just? Phenomenal? I have. I um. I have. Okay. The thing is, Corey, it's not going silly. the way you think. It's not the way you think. It's actually he's got the straight C. Ah. He's pushed up. <laughs> Bailey Fridge VC. Bailey Fridge VC, bro. It's uh, <laughs> it's moves that I'm making because I'm trying to win limousine rides and stuff here. So you know what? I'm just going for safety and just straight C and just run with that. But yeah, so that's where it's going right now. I absolutely love it. Did you want to touch anything on uh, Bailey Fridge while we're? Well, you know. Ah, he's got to play. Like, just he's he's such a live wire. Forty-two goals in nineteen games last year in the seconds. Knows how to play. He's an older guy. I know he only got drafted last year, year before, but he's what is he? 22, 21, 22. So his body's big enough. He's ready. He's just he's got to be slotted into Melbourne's team, and yeah, he's going to do enough to be in our sides. Did anyone uh, consider more Alex Neil Bullen now after his game on the weekend, or? No. Where are we at with that? I'm still not considering him, but uh, that that was a performance. And I, and I think I I don't know, look, I don't know whether it was on podcast or off podcast, but did we mention him? I think um, I'm relatively confident that we did that about Neil Ball and running through the midfield. And he's actually quite an underrated player, but I just don't think he's super great material yet. I feel like it's a trap, man. I think we see one or two of these every year in the JLT. Everyone gets excited. And then two or three teams start with them, and they're just in no man's land when... They struggle. I think he's a really good footballer. I just don't think he's super coach relevant. That is called the Matthew Wright syndrome. Right. Yeah, bad. 
done oh boy. every, every year. pre-season. Every pre-season, Paddy Wright would do that. Um, yeah, it was an absolutely fantastic game from Neil Bullen, and I think he's got a lot of class, but yeah, I'd be kind of passing it on it right now. Uh, Hibbard, did he just lock himself into everyone's team? He did for me. He just shut that pack padlock nice and closed. He was borderline no for me, but I think, yeah, I think I'll be running him to start the season. He's a star. The key had been thrown or thrown out since about week one of Supercoach opening, so he hasn't moved one centimetre, uh, Hibbert, in my team. And he, and he shouldn't in anyone else's team. Uh, Clayton Oliver, Bretta, anything more? More than, more than happy. Yep. More, more than happy with his game. Did nothing wrong. Did exactly what's expected. Um, almost got suspended, I think. I think he got a $1,500 fine or something like that. But, um, yeah, I've got no worries with Clayton Oliver. The only way I move him on is if everything turns to crap and I need cash. And, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I don't have to do that. Bonds, correct me wrong, but did Clary get in your team at some stage this week? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, you've sent through. There's, there's been about 67 changes in my team this week. Uh, well, actually, 67 changes, I think, just today. Um, but, yes, Oliver did manage to be one of those changes. I'll tell you what, he was tagged by Ben Jacobs throughout that, in, throughout that entire game, and he couldn't give two shits about that. Um, he still racked up 22 touches, scored 108 points, 78% game time. Um, he doesn't look like, you know, he's, he's slowing down. And, look, for someone that I, I don't think I paid enough credit to last year, I am... I'm more than open to uh, to giving him the credit he deserves this year. Shout out to Dizzer, one of our admins as well. He ran him all of last year and wouldn't stop talking about him. We dipped him for 23 weeks until I think we realised that <laughs> he was averaging about 112. And <laughs> we kind of missed that. The uh, bloke's yeah. bloke a Collingwood supporter and he has the softest spot for Melbourne and Melbourne. St. Kilda players that you will ever see. Uh, that's a perfect segue into the Battle of the Big Boys. Um, and it was one that we were very, very interested in. Uh, Maxi Gorn and Todd Goldstein. I mean, Gorny top scored for the game with 145. An absolute dominating, um, dominating outing. So he had 39 hitouts to Toddy Goldstein's 26. I don't think... I think that if you were considering Goldstein before this... Don't let this impact your view on Todd Goldstein. I think that Gorn will just do this to everyone all season. And as long as Gorn's fit and on the park, he will just continue to dominate the Ruckman that he goes up against. So I do want to give Toddy Goldstein a little bit more credit than what his super coach score suggests. He still popped out 82, getting absolutely destroyed. And he went by 87% by foot around the ground as well. So it was really, really good signs to see that I think Goldstein was in that little bit of a positive mode um, and it was a bit of a whitewash of a game anyway, so so not much to it. Uh, Bonds, something to touch on for the Rucks? Mate, Max Gorn, do we need to replay my song? What, what, no, what, no. Were, the, what please, were the bloody lyrics I said in no. the song? He is, he, what, did, what did I call him? You know, a lock? Did I, I imagine I called him a lock. I called him undervalued. I said, you, you must pick him. You just have to. This bloke is incredible. Um, you know, he had, you said he had 39 hitouts. 46 of them were, 46% of them were to advantage. This bloke is just, he's, he's just nuts. Just pick him. End of story. Stop yelling, Bonfire. No need for it. Get aggressive about this. He's not owned. <laughs> he's not owned. Uh, honestly, he's not owned by enough uh, teams out there. How, how much percent of teams do you reckon um, have him at the moment? Oh, 50 minimum? Uh, yeah, fi- uh, yeah, I was going to say 46, but that's a guess. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the most, he's the highest uh, owned player right now. But 55 percent's not enough. Yeah, unless that number's at 75 or 80, I'm going to be. Nah, it needs to be 100. Oh, it has. 
I mean, How's you obviously this? have to have your outliers of teams that made a, a game, you know, made a team at the start, didn't have it, or teams that um, have really no clue what they're doing. But if you've got a mate who doesn't have Gorney, you probably should make a suggestion that they pick him. Or don't, and just win your league and just, yeah, keep him out in the dark, let him learn a lesson. Forget that sometimes we're a little bit different than we're here to give advice when most people don't <laughs> want people having that advice. <laughs> How are we going to say bro? Um, say so you had to pick one for the season, could only have one, Max Gorn or Paddy Dangerfield. Who's more important? I'm taking Gorn. I'm taking Gorn too. I think Gorn's going to out-average the second-best Ruckman more than Dangerfield's going to out-average the second-best midfielder. Yeah, yeah, but Dangerfield's going to put out 150 on a week-to-week basis, and Gorn's not going to do that. I don't have to worry about picking a captain when i got Dangerfield in my side. End of the day, picking yeah. both, and the fact that's even a conversation is shows how good Gorn is. Have you got anything else to add on Toddy Goldstein as well? I don't want him to get scraped under the rug here. I'm still not touching him. Still not going there. Bombs, the poison, the Jack factor. Confident last week is that. Diminished? I want. I want to see. No, no, no. I just want to see Proust in the in the team with him. Um, but I, I look. I'm. If people want to select Goldstein, I absolutely no issues with them running Goldstein. I think. Look, he's he can be as good as anyone else. Uh, that's kind of kind of going to be there at Ruck two um, for this year. So um, yeah, no, still supportive of Goldstein. Um, but I mean, when Gorn wants to put in a performance like he did on the weekend, I don't think anyone else deserves airtime but Max Gorn. Uh, if Bruce isn't named next JLT and then doesn't go in round one, does that up any chances of you starting with Goldstein start of the season? Hell yeah. I just wanted to. That was something we were big on last week, so interview <coughs> on that. Before we move on, anyone else got anything for this game? Nah. Negative. Okay, beautiful. Now, I just want to give a big shout out to one of our uh, one of our admin staff, Jolie, who spent a lot of time over the last couple of weeks preparing his JLT cheat sheet. Um, for the community, which is up on Bigfooty at the moment. And then when the JLT is completely finished, we will have a probably drop-down box, big copy you can play with on Excel. Um, it is pinned to the top of our Facebook page at the moment. We will get it out on, across on Twitter as well. Um, definitely get on and have a look at this thing. It is ace. Tom on ground stats, color coordinated. He has done an absolutely amazing job. And it's going to make your JLT that much easier um, when deciding on who you're going to run into the season. So massive props to to what young Jolly's done putting that together for us. How good is it? So easy to use too. I rate it so highly. It's, uh, he's been doing it for a couple of years. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Footy community, so it really hasn't been accessed by enough people, and he definitely doesn't get enough credit for how hard. Um, but he's made it so visually enticing. Um, then he got bombed for a little bit excited, but look, we'll just keep that. Well, keep that. Separate. Let me tell you something. Bom- the bombs, mate. The bombs close. He has a very, very simple mind, and now very complicated things tend to get me a little bit uneasy. But when you're bloody color coding things, and I can look at things straight away, <laughs> know exactly what I'm looking at, it makes things in my mind just tick a little easier. And uh, I really respect that sort of effort that uh, that Jolly puts in there because not only does it help the intellectually brilliant but it also helps the people that are a little bit slower like myself that just need a little more visual aid to get myself over the line. So good on you, Joel. 
Uh, he's done a great job. Let's jump across to the Bombers and the Tigers. Uh, probably the game of the round for the JLT. If you if you didn't catch anyone over the weekend, uh, definitely go rewatch this game because it was an absolute cracker. 37 to 124. So really well done by the Bombers on the weekend. And we'll kick it off with your boy, Debbie Smith, Bretta, because you've been big on him all preseason uh, and he's gone out and he's rewarded you on the weekend. I want to have your view on if his scoring is skewed or not due to Zaki Merritt's absolutely kind of precautionary uh, concussion that he took uh, and where you're at with a young Devin Smith. Um, yeah, Heppel played a half. Zach Merritt got hurt. Um, Devin Smith attended, I think it was 15 centre bounces around that mark, which was, I think, in the, the top two or three on the ground. Um I think he's so pickable. I think at 439,000, the guy averaged 91 as a goal sneak for Western Sydney. Um, has had a couple of tough years, a uh, bit of injury last year. The guy can get ball. He had plenty. He had 26 touches or something like that. Was so clean. Lays tackles. He's a hard nut. Um, I think he's going to play a lot of the midfield simply because you look at Heppel and Merritt and you think, oh, they didn't play Merritt. But when they come in... Smith goes out, but I reckon he's their third best midfielder. I think he's damaging. I think he knows how to get the ball better than pretty much anyone else. I know you, Corey, in particular, are huge on Parrish's sort of uprising. I know Zaharakis is a really good player, but I think Devin Smith is going to spend a lot of time in the midfield, and I think if he has, say, a 60-40 split, where he spends 60% of the time in the midfield, 40 in the forward line, I think that's enough for him to average 90 to 105 and at 430,000 I'm much happier picking him than some of the other the other names that have been thrown out there by us and by others. I think that one of the most positive signs for the Bombers on the weekend and I think this is where Zaki Merritt skews his game big time um, is Dev Smith 11 contested, Parrish 12 contested, Andrew McGrath 8. So I think some of those numbers for Devin Smith and Darcy Parrish, although I think they both had absolutely amazing games, I actually reckon Merritt will probably drop that a little bit. But I think it was really good in that same token to see Dev and to see Parrish going in and getting that real hardball against, you know, players like Cochin and Martin, although they didn't play, didn't have a shitload of game time, but I think that was a real positive sign uh, for Dev, because, look, he's hungry, he's, he he plays on the edge, he reminds me, plays a lot like Toby Green, I just don't think he's as good as Toby Green, so, yeah, Bumps, where are you at with Dev? Nah, yeah, I'm all for it, if if you want to take, if you want to take a mid-pricer, he's probably in the, in the top three to sort of take, and one that's certainly worth I guess the risk are more so because of uh, job security, role within the team, and potential to improve on his uh, currently priced, uh, or I guess whatever he's priced at at the moment in terms of average and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, certainly uh, it's a it's a big yes from me if you wanna if you wanna run Devin Smith as your as your kind of mid pricer. Right now, if you had to choose between Smith and Parish, both forwards, both relatively the same price, who are you taking? Smith for sure. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I kind of like Parrish. I, I kind of like Parrish. I know that's, uh, look, I think I think there's more upside. I think Parrish will one day go 105. I mean, I really don't yeah. see Devin Smith kind of having that in him. Um, and I think Parrish, he, he hasn't been spoken about a lot because everyone's talking about McGrath, which I, I can't stand that selection uh, personally. And everyone's talking about Devin Smith. And Parrish is the one I think that's just sliding under the radar. And, and this bloke here, Parrish, 
you think about players who love to tackle, this bloke here absolutely ticks that. He absolutely loves a contested possession. He does everything Supercoach really, really likes. Um, and I don't see him playing much at all in the forward line at all. I think he's more likely to spend more time in the midfield than Devin Smith this year as well. Um, and this is, what, year number three or four, whatever it is. Let's not forget, in his first year that he played was the year when uh, all the Essendon players were also rubbed out as well, which uh, made life incredibly tough. But he was incredibly impressive during that year. Last year, kind of stagnated a bit, but I think this year is the year where Parrish is going to sort of go to another level. And I can, I can, I can see him uh, outscoring Devon Smith, and if I was choosing one, um, I'd be choosing Parrish. When the Supercoach season opened, he was actually my third-picked forward player. I remember that. Yeah, I do remember yeah, you saying that, yeah. Uh, that's, that's how I started after Dev's game on the weekend. I mean, if that continues to happen, I think he probably outscores Parrish for, on the season. But... I'm massive on both of them. I'm not saying pick both of them. Right now, I'm probably avoiding them. But for me, it's kind of a wait and see and see what happens. And then I'll just pay the extra 50 or 100K to pick up which, whichever one that I could potentially be wrong about moving forward. Kind of like how we were with Heaney last year. I think he was like 430,000. And I think Heaney was similar to Parrish where we weren't sure if he was going to quite break out. And then 10 rounds in, everyone was trying to get him in. So that could be a similar breakout for, for a Parrish or Smith. kind of helped us though because he was sick. Sick for Sierra, glandular fever, whatever you had, yeah. Um, on the topic of J- uh, Zach Merritt, because I know Bombs, we were both really, really big on him, and as soon as he kind of got knocked out, he was straight out of your team. You want to explain that one? I, I am a very reactive human being, Corey. We know that. Um, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't like any of my players getting injured whatsoever, I'll tell you that much. Um, but well, what, what, can, what can I say? He got injured, so I got rid of him. Um, but certainly, uh, look, he'll play next week or whatever, whenever the next JLT is anyway. And, um, look, I don't think it necessarily matters whatever Zach Merritt scores in the JLT anyway because, um, you know, when we think about premiums, I don't think it's necessarily important to see what they're scoring through the JLT. It's, it's more so the fact that they just get through unscathed because when round one comes, they'll uh, they'll turn it on and uh, that's why they are premiums because when... Uh, when the, when the heat's on, they'll they'll get the job done. He's just been marked as my first probably upgrade target now because I was absolutely massive on him until Dustin Martin decided to do what Dustin Martin does and absolutely take the piss. Um, and I just thought, how could I even, even get, look at yeah. picking this guy? So it was merit straight to Martin. Um, yeah, can I can I raise one thing here with you? Yeah. I've been doing a little bit of a fixture review in these uh, in this past week or so. And this is something that's been playing on my mind in, in relation to Zach Merritt. So having a look at, you know, the Bombers and what their fixture kind of looks like, um, they uh, they actually don't leave Melbourne between rounds three and nine. Now, you think that may be a positive, but they've actually got a really tough draw during that time. And they also have a four-day break between two of their games, given the Anzac Day fixture. Now, I'll tell you where Zach Merritt's going to become really relevant. He's going to become relevant for me after round 13 because they have one of the easiest fixtures, I think, in the second half um, of the of the year, uh, sort of after that. Listen to the teams they play after round 13. West Coast, North, Pies, Gold Coast, Frio, Sydney, tough game, Hawks, Saints, and Tigers. Um, probably only two of those teams are making the, the top eight, uh, I think, in the, in the back Collingwood, half. Pies. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't worry about Collingwood, mate. I think probably Sydney and Tigers are the only teams. Look, we'll say maybe three. I think they got a really good draw after the bye. And I would really be looking at Zach Merritt um, straight after his boy once that's done in round 13. Absolutely love it, Bombs. That's what you're on here for, just to really bring stats like that. 
Big stats bumper. Love Nailed it. it. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, let's jump across to the Tigers and Dustin Martin. Was it a case if you don't have him now, you have to go get him? 61% of game time, 108 super coach, 24 touches. I mean, <laughs> the guy's a gun. Is he sitting in all, pretty good. all your teams? Yeah. Hasn't moved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did move at one stage, but <laughs> he's back in. It was funny for me because it was Dusty and then it was Titch and then it was just, yeah, now it's all three. And I can't, there's no way I'm not starting all three unless one gets injured. Mm. Um, but that's a topic for another day. Uh, boys, did you see uh, Chacho and Alice? And not the yeah, Brandon I knew you were going to bring him up. Kind of Alice. Uh, <laughs> Alice. Did anyone see his game on the weekend? Because it was yeah. pretty impressive. Laid six tackles, had 17 touches, 96 super coach points, only 68% yeah. time on ground, up in that midfield. Pretty sure I got yeah. laughed at when I bring up Corey Alice, potential, you know, 228 uh, defender down in defence. Yeah, uh, I vaguely remember you mentioning him at some yeah. stage. Anyone, but, uh, anyone got anything to say about Corey Alice? <laughs> Yeah, he's no, pretty he's good. Eighteen, uh, eighteen centre bounces attended. Corey, he's going to play in the midfield all year. And yeah. are you picking him? You're going to pick him? <laughs> uh, I'd have to say something out of. Out of <laughs> I would literally have to see uh, another kind of game like that. I mean, it doesn't help that everyone played such small amount of game time. So you know, you put that in that in that real time contest. Cotchen's in the middle more, Dusty's in the middle more, and Corey Alice is probably sitting out on that wing. So I want to see uh, their JLT2 and see where he's kind of sitting before I even have a look at it. Um, but Brendan Alice, he uh, he was one that I've been big on the whole preseason. Corey or Brendan? Uh, Corey or Brendan? Nah, Brendan now. Brendan now. <laughs> okay. So I've moved on from Corey. He's, you know, he's already got my tick of approval. Uh, but B.E., uh, Brandon Ellis, 57 <laughs> from uh, 80% of game time and putting some worry signs back in my head. Here's JLT, and they don't really give, you know, doesn't really count for too much when you're, when you're that high uh, up there already. But anyone got anything to add on to the people that are looking at Brandon Ellis and for and against after the game on the weekend? Bombs? Yeah, no, not not concerned at all about Brendan Ellis. I'll tell you why. Brendan Ellis loves a cheap touch. That's what he's all about. He's all about the, you know, the chip sideways, the chip down the ground, the mark kick, mark kick, mark kick. Get involved in plays that way. JLT is not a time when teams say, "Oh, hold on a minute, let's slow down the game here because the other team has a little bit of a run on." So there's none of that. So of course he's going to touch the ball less. I have zero concern about that at all. Just as confident pre-JLT, pre-JLT as I am right now. I think there's one thing important. Uh, one important thing to, I guess, sort of put out there about all these scores as well. I'm not sure if the entire community knows this, right? But obviously the JLT games are shorter, right? So there's less game time. But there is the same amount of allocated super coach points per game um, still throughout the JLT. So when you see in these scores and you look at the touches, you're not going to see these touches and these scores throughout the year because all these have been inflated because of all the, uh, what do you call it, at the end of the game, all the, um, the leftover points that get sort of distributed throughout as well. So um, I think that's just important to raise because people, I think, are going to get a, very sucked in by um, these JLT scores, and if I were you, if you if you want to tread carefully or, or see something a little bit more realistic, take 10, 10 to twenty percent off whatever they scored in the game, and that's something that's going to be more reflective of what they're going to put out through it through an actual AFL fixture throughout the year. Yeah, well, Dusty Martin still having twenty seven touches in sixty percent of a shortened game is pretty freaking amazing. Anyway, uh, oh, most certainly. Brett yeah. up, Brendan Ellis. Anything to add? Still cold on him, um, but again, as Bonfa said, I don't think today 
not today, the recent game against the Bombers hurt those trying to pick him. I, yeah, I don't think you pay attention to how he played. Um, hard to get a read on premiums. Uh, I'm not picking him, but again, I'm, I'm not going to knock people for doing it. Jack Higgins, very short time on the ground. Anyone impressed with anything he'd done on a not super coach related? I kind of switched off to Jack Higgins because he's just not going to get picked, so it's kind of... It hurts because I thought he was the easiest cash cow in the world. No, the way I try to watch these games is I try to watch them without having, you know, sort of trying to really look at certain players and just see if anyone jumps out. And I'll be honest with you, I couldn't even tell you that he played the game. So I guess that's how much he sort of impressed me throughout that game. Didn't help when players like Charbol and Castagna, um, Graham were just having an absolute field day and being those two-way runners as well. Um, mm mm-hmm. So I don't think that really done him much favour, and I think Tom on ground will kind of work against his advantage. Anyone else you want to touch on for either of these two games, boys? No, I don't think so. Okay, beautiful. Uh, Just before we move on, must say that we've had another sponsor jump on board for the year. Uh, Thanks to the boys at heapsdinkum.com.au who are doing AFL-related morph suits. Um, which oh is God. which is a, a, a an awesome idea and design. So we're running a league and we're offering a morph suit as a giveaway at the end of it. So it'll be kind of like our league last week. To enter, jump on. I'll have it all posted up after the podcast. Jump on uh, Twitter. You'll see our heaps Dinkum Facebook league posted in the in the in the top part of our comment section and we'll be running this for a week between now and next week's JLT. To get in you have to like Heaps Dinkum uh, on Twitter, retweet the tweet, uh, and have us liked as a page. And the entries will be drawn next week at random for a chance to win that Heaps Dinkum uh, morph suit. Team of your choice as well. Bretta, I believe Mate. you've bought two already? Six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Collingwood. I need, I need a, I'm going to be wearing it to the MCG or the MCC. I'm going to ticket there and uh, really put it out for show and get some get some stuff going. It's going to be good. Can't wait to put it on. So that, that again, jump across to our Twitter page, retweet the tweet, like heaps stinkum, and that'll be your chance to get in our Twitter league. And this will probably be one of our final Twitter leagues for the year as well because we've run a couple of early. Um, and we'll have some more Facebook ones popping out uh, as we get closer to the start of the season. Crows and Dockers, boys, a little bit of a closer game. Uh, Matty Crouch absolutely dominating around the ground, as well as Nat Fife, both over 600k. Who impressed you more in this game? Probably not from a super coach sense, probably from uh, an ability to see ball, get ball, time on ground. Uh, yeah, who, who impressed you more out of the two, brother? Oh, can I say both? I'd love to say both, but I don't like to sit on the fence, Corey. That's more your speed. So uh, <laughs> I'll go with um, I'll go with Nat Fife. I mean, I don't know if he impressed me more, but I think he just impresses you every time you watch him play. Um, he looked good through the preseason. I think there was talk of him playing up forward, which was a bit worrying. Um, and then he goes out and drops the biggest score of the week, pretty much, and dominates and shows why he's one of the best players in the comp. And yeah, I think you just got to pick him. Bumps. You know, he, he did line up forward. The, the first quarter, he lined up forward. And you know what? Throughout the game, he ended up attending the most center bounces of any player on the field. Absolutely Beast. incredible. He, I'm glad you used that word, Breda. Absolutely glad. This bloke's third quarter, did you see him just shrug off opponents? He did it at least twice in the corner. just threw them to the side. He is back in beast mode, this guy. Don't you worry about that. And I know we speak about Martin Dangerfield, number one player. 
we are going to be reminded why this bloke here won the Brownlow medal a few years back, and we're going to be reminded why he was considered the number one player. Um, he's going bananas this year. He's he's setting a new super coach record for himself, I think. Oh, that, that was my outlandish. That was my outlandish statement. He's going to average over one twenty-five. You know what? I reckon that's. You're not all average. the border pops. I think that's realistic, Brett. I think that is realistic now. I think he's going one twenty plus, certainly at the minimum, and I think he certainly can hit one twenty-five. We're in for a big one with five this year, particularly if he can, uh, you know, really add, um, you know, a lot of that forward dimension to his game, which is what Dangerfield and which is what Martin, uh, I guess, have over five right now. Five does a lot of that marking around the ground, but he doesn't do a hell of a lot of it, a lot of it inside the four fifty. And when he has in the past, he hasn't always converted his goals um, as well. But I think we're going to see uh, some of that this year from him. Is it gonna Michael be Walters real, better though. Real case. Oh, just remember back to AFLX when Michael Walters put the ball through his leg on the sign. Just never forget about that. Oh, stop it. Um, is it going to be the case of Dangerfield into five most weeks? You reckon? Yeah, pretty much. One way or another, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Let's touch on yeah. the Adelaide Crows boys first. Crouch's game really, really impressed me. Uh, 24 He's... handballs, so he got plenty of the ball. I'm surprised. I was actually so shocked that Brett didn't jump straight back onto him after that game because um, he looked exactly where he, where he kicked off last year. Uh, Matty Crouch, Bretter. Surely you love child. Any chance? He is my love child, and I got abused a lot for saying I'm not picking him, but still no. Still no. It's just I'm worried about the depth of that midfield, and I could just see him dropping five points a game simply because he's got to share the ball with some really, really good midfielders. Gibbs is going to be in there now. Um, Brad Crouch is going to get a few more midfield minutes, and they've got a couple kids they want to throw in there as well. Um, I think he's so good, and I think he could average 110 again. But the fact that there's even somewhat of a question mark for me in terms of maybe dropping off a little bit, I'd rather go take a player who I think is going to just keep his spot, have no one affect him, like a Titch or a, um, a Fife or anyone like that. Bounce. Since round 16 in 2016, he has had less than 27 touches on one occasion. Yeah. That is phenomenal. That includes finals. That includes anything. It is a crazy stat. And oh, Breda, if you th- if you think because Bryce Gibbs is now in that team that he is going to all of a sudden start touching the ball less than twenty seven times a game, then mate, you're on another planet. Because I don't think he is. He's currently in my team um, at the moment, and I really, really like, really, 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 really like the pick. Look at you going to bat for my boy. That's so nice. Hey, I'm you, so happy you know, to see it. It's, you know what? It's not about batting for your boy. Unless he's in your team, he ain't your boy, so shut up. Wait, hey, did you say from 2016 <laughs> or 2017? 2016. How many, did he have less than how many touches? 27 last year. Not once last year did he have less than 27 touches. The last time he had less than 27 touches was round 17 against Collingwood, and he had 25 in that game. It's an incredible stat. It's probably he just wrong. continues to touch. The, it's not wrong. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's oh, not no, wrong. We call him stats, stats bumper, but we, we give him too much credit sometimes. Occasionally, yeah. This is extraordinary. <laughs> I think I've never, I've never been whipped so badly for talking up a player. And now Bombs has just come out with all the lucky angst in the world defending his boy who's been good since 2014. Look at no this. Way, I want to make this clear. There's no way I'm calling him my boy, but I'm certainly... I'm calling him my boy. I'm not picking him, but he's still my boy. You cannot You cannot claim him then. I'm sorry, Corey. You, you can be the adjudicator here. But can he claim him as his boy if he's refusing to pick him? Wow, well, lucky Neil's been my boy for... 
for like four years. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, oh, oh, this is on. did shit. Rory Laird just lock himself in as a certain lock in defence for you boys? He locked no, himself didn't. in six weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. No, yeah, he didn't. I think he's probably one of one of probably the five players that have never moved from my team, and I do make a lot of changes. Yeah, well, we know. But he's that. one that hasn't gone anywhere. We know that. Uh, Tommy Dodi, boys. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Bombs, are you convinced now? Yeah, much more impressed. Much more hey. impressed. Much more impressed. Uh, look, he, he didn't play in the forward line, did he? He, uh, you know, had intercept possessions, played seventy percent game time. Um, you know, scored decently as well. Um, and I think you know when you when you listen to, um, I always forget the the Adelaide coach. Is it Don Pike? Is that who it is? Yep. Yeah, Don, Don Pike. Pike. Yeah, we feel. Yeah, yeah, it is Don Pike. Phil Wash was the one with the That's tragedy. It, yeah, Obviously, yeah. that happened. Yeah. Um. So Don Pike. Yeah. Anyway, so if you listen to Don Pike's presser, um, uh, after the game as well, he again, I mean, you know, like um, uh, what coach was I talking about before that didn't guarantee the spot? Um, Simon uh, Goodwin didn't guarantee guarantee Fritch the spot. Um. And the same sort of thing here was that, um, you know, Don Pike was reluctant to sort of guarantee uh, Dodi the, the spot, but I think he is all but uh, in that team come round one. Brett, I probably don't have to even shoot across to you, Dodi. No, he's a lock. He's yeah. a lock. Pick him. Uh, Lachlan Murphy, 102k defender that we've got sitting out there. 63% of game time, three goals, one. Do you reckon he's got any chance for a round one debut? Oh, hell yeah. Gallucci injured. Uh, they want someone, yeah. they want a small forward. Gallucci was the one that was meant to replace Cameron. He's injured. He's done everything right from all reports. I mean, I know everyone's had a you know good preseason, haven't they? But, you know, they've said that about him as well. So I, I guess that's a positive. Um, but, you know, really keen to see what he did. And he turned this game. They kicked, uh, you know, a few goals in the in the last quarter to, you know, come back and, and eventually clinch the win. And, and I felt he was the Bromley. He started it and he kicked one of the, the final few goals as well, I think, there as well. Um, he was really good. He, he looked really electric. Um, you know, small forward, you know, never going to score big scores. Um, sort of constantly, um, aren't they? But at 102k available as a defender, mate, this this could be one that we're all starting with in round one. Brother, is it a case of Pro Hulk versus Murphy for that spot? If it was, I mean, Murphy was far more impressive on the yeah. weekend. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Um, Cam Alice Yalman probably a, more of a skewed game without Sloan and Brad Crouch in there as well. Um, definitely had a lot more midfield minutes. A lot of handballs, so contested ball in the goal probably helped him more than anything. Uh, 226k or something like that. Now, he might be a little bit more. Um, anyone even remotely adding Cam Ellis Yoldman to their heaps dink and watch list? Um, no, I, look, I don't think I can add him quite yet. And I, and I do have a, a, a fairly big heaps dink and watch list, don't I, Corey? But um, look, there is. I, I, just, I don't think there's room for him on it. I think at some stage, the list has to get full, and it's uh, right on capacity, I think, at the moment. Yeah. I think you can only really run one, maybe two at the most uh, guys at that price range, and I think there's better ones than him at that price range in other positions. Sam Jacobs. Now, most people who come and have a look at these stats literally open it up, have a look what they scored in Supercoach, and crack the stats. Crack it. Yeah. 52% time on ground uh, mm-hmm. with a 67 super coach points and 17 hit outs. Um, an absolute beast around the ground too. Sam Jacobs really kind of done himself wonders for my teams. 
And the one other stat that I really, really like is well, not really a stat, but just those midfielders at his feet. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. the ability to put the ball down people's throats. So I'm massive on Sam Jacobs when he's tapping to Crouch, Gibbs, uh, Crouch, and Sloan. So it's... For me, I think that Sam Jacobs game just done more good than it did bad, even though that's only a 67 there. Yeah, certainly increasing confidence by, I guess, the moment. The only thing, and I'll tell you what, I would say he's a lock, but I won't because there was one passage of play in the uh, in the first quarter um, where he was he, got, he just was streaming through the middle of the ground after doing some good tap work, ended up with a handball to receive, and all he had to do was hit a little chip pass to, I can't remember who the player was, it might have been McGovern that was, that was coming out on the lead, and he just overcooked the kick a little bit. And when I saw that, I was thinking, Sammy... That was your that was your audition for me, and you kind of failed it. And then I, I gave him a few more auditions throughout the game, and he kind of impressed me. But for some reason, I can't let go of that kick. It's really pissing me off for some reason, fellas. Um, but I'll tell you what, Sam Jacobs is currently sitting in my team. Uh, really loved what he did. I guess as a game one hole, I can't be too critical of him, can I? I mean, if I was to make that kick, I would probably only hit it once in every probably four hundred and ninety nine times I had that kick anyway. So um, I won't be too critical on him. But yeah, no, certainly. Uh, why not? Why not pick him? You stick to He's going to play 22 games. Why not? Stick to the stats, Bonfer, not to the kicking, mate. That's just the easiest way about it for you. Uh, yeah, Bretta, any, any more talking to Sam Jacobs? I mean, I know you're pretty pretty set on Paddy Ryder, so um, anything from you? Yeah, it's weird. He only scores 74, and that's put him onto my radar. I don't, I don't know how that sort of worked, but... There was something Bonfer said right at the end. He's going to play 22 games. And when you look at his numbers, since 2012, his worst output has been 20 games. So in 2012, he played 21, 13, he played 22, then he played 22 again, 21, 20, and 22. So in a year when we're worried about a couple of different factors, some injuries, some backup Ruckman, um, awkward buy-rounds, a la Paddy Ryder, Jacobs is quite a safe pick. Um, again, Corey, what you said with the extra midfielders, that's going to make things easier for him. He's a guy who's averaged 115 before, so we know he has that top-level ruck dominance. And look, I haven't picked him. I'm not picking him at this stage, but he has actually moved on to my heaps thinking watch list, and that is kind of stressing me out because I said a lot of sort of scandalous stuff and said don't pick him, you're a muppet. If you pick him, I know I abused Bomb for a few times for saying he's going to pick him. And I'm really scared that I'm going to end up picking him now, so yeah, it's stressing me out a bit. You used to have done like the complete 360 on each other. It'd uh, be a 180. Oh, It'd be no. a 180. Yeah, 180. It'd be a 180. Corey, so so we did 360. Uh, we back to the same right spot. Oh, dickhead. Kiss and make up. Stephen Jory, should he just stick to J- uh, AFLX? Yeah, he did the big 362 and went right back to the. <laughs> 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 Walked yeah, right yeah. through that, didn't I? Uh, Andrew Brayshaw, boys. How did he go putting himself yes. on the absolute watch list? Mate. Oh, yeah. Not only was he on the watch list, and not not only was he in my team before the game, but he's just really, you know, he's, he's poured one bag of cement on one of his feet in my team, and all I need is just one more bag of cement. <laughs> I've seen him uh, being picked in... Um, in the, in the first round of the year, and, and he's good to go. I mean, he only played 66% game time. He He's just a ready-made player, isn't he? Have you seen the size of the man? He's, he's a big fella. 66% game time. Like I said, he scored 87 from 14 touches. 
it was in, it was incredible. He laid six tackles as well, so obviously that's going to help. He was just really, really good. I yeah cannot endorse that pick anymore. I think he's surpassed LDU um, in terms of you know that sort of the higher price. And until we get to see Paddy Dow tomorrow, he's ahead of Paddy Dow right now as well. It's been an absolute killer for me because I had kind of LDU. I think I had Brody uh, and LDU kind of sitting in my team right now until I seen more from Paddy Dow too. Uh, with that six deep midfielder, uh, six deep primo mm. midfields, and he's just throwing a spanner in the works. Um, yeah. Like now, he he's got me changing structure twenty four seven. Every time I log in there, I change it. So I, I can't see any way that Brayshaw is not in my team come round one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Brett, anything else, Dad? Are you guys real locks on him? Massive locks on him. Yeah. Oh yeah. His game on the weekend was yeah. I know. Was different. Yeah. He, he was it, put put it this way. He out of any probably rookie that played a game on the weekend, uh, especially top ten. Um, you know, I can't speak for the ones that are upcoming. He impressed me more than anyone. He definitely impressed me a lot more than LDU. And I think it it's was causing his... me problems because I've I've only got one of those guys that's about one hundred ninety thousand in there. It's Paddy Dow at the moment. Yeah, so right. like, it's I know mm. it's going to torch my team trying to get him in, but I'm probably going to end up doing it. Well, that's I'm pretty yeah. happy then that I've got two because that'll make it a lot easier. And I've got three of them. I've got three of them. Well, that's the thing. I've gone from two to three, back to two, back to three, back to two. And every time I go on it, it's something different. I just can't. Yeah, every time I take Coniglio out of my team, I just want to put him back in. But Yeah, I'm holding Coniglio. He hasn't moved. We'll get to it. Bailey Banfield, uh, 96 Ooh. in 39% of game time. I mean, pretty Came smart to give him... Uh, Brayshaw, more raps about him, but I think I was keeping a closer eye on Brayshaw than Banfield. Um, and it, look, I just liked his game a little bit better. But Bailey Banfield, bombs. Where second, did that come from? He played the second half only. This fella, gee, what a that was just. It, it was a performance and a half, wasn't it? Like, there's just not much else more to say than what he did on the weekend was absolutely incredible, and what he did was absolutely shoot himself uh, right into contention for round one. Um, I mean, I guess tell me if I'm wrong. He's had 11 touches. You're not wrong, Buffer. You're not wrong. 11 touches, five marks, two tackles, two goals, one, and six of his touches were contested. I mean, obviously, there's that little bit of skill in there for how high he played. But, you know, if he's playing a normal game, he's on track for at least a 120 probably there. Yeah, it was was super impressive. He's a a 123K mid, and you talk about adding people... um, I guess, to the heap stink and watch list. Um, it'd be crazy not to have him on there right now because, um, you know, Fremantle are going to reinvent this midfield. I think we are going to see five forward a lot more and they're going to, you know, shift a lot more players through there. Uh, you know, Monday's going to be forward as well. So there's going to be a lot of these new players through the midfield. It's going to be a new look midfield, I think, for um, Fremantle this year. You know, we're going to see Brayshaw. We're going to see Chera. We might see Banfield. We might see Gyro at some stage. I think Walt is going to go through go through there a lot more. We're going to see a lot of change in the Frio midfield, and um, he's named round one. I'd be selecting him. On Michael Walters, seven tackles, Brett. Don't forget that AFLX through the legs again. Just want to keep reminding you that uh, he's had the 13 touches uh, and the goal. Ten of his touches contested, though, uh, which was good. Two goals, one. 102 supercoach points. Are we worried about his possession numbers being so low in that, or... Is Michael Walters game in pressure? It was uh, boys. Yeah. I know. I know. Last last podcast, I I traded him in mid podcast. Um, 
since then, he's uh, moved out of my team again, but it's no, through no fault of his own. I just feel that Devin Smith can give me similar output for a cheaper price, but I think those with Michael Walter should have full confidence to, to run with him. He had a really good game. He's going to play in the midfield, and yeah, it's just a case of um, picking him and holding him and hoping he does really well for the season, because I think he will. He attended He attended 15 centre bounces in that game on the weekend. Um, and look, Will he get more touches? I think he will. I, th- I, I think, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not going to bet around the bush here. Most certainly he will get more touches. Um, you know, he's going to get kind of 20-plus, I think, if he if he gets to play, you know, up in the midfield. Okay, so let's not worry about the touches per se because I know I said before, you know, super scores are skewed. But let's not forget, when you're playing less game time, then you've got less opportunity out in the field to really accumulate touches. So when you see efforts like, you know, Matt Crouch, you've got 36 touches, that's just absolutely bonkers. When you see someone with 17, if you kind of, you know, correlate that to the amount of extra minutes that kind of would be played, which is probably the equivalent to another quarter, he's on 17 kind of at three-quarter time right now. And and we're saying, oh, yeah, that's genius because now he's on track for, you know, 23, 24 touches. He's already snagged a couple goals as well. Like, we're absolutely laughing and absolutely loving the pick. Don't mind it. Anything to add on for this game, boys? No, I, th- I think there's just a few teams looking at Alex Pierce, who's a, who's a much more expensive... Um, I think he's around 230k defender, 82% game time. He scored not much at all. Um, would not be condoning it. That's that's all I want to say on that. Uh, Alex Pierce, 49. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it just it's just not enough. And I think. Ah, sorry, no, you know, sorry, 54. That was Daniel Pierce. 54. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. So um, yeah, look, and, and either way, it's it's still not enough. I don't think I. You know, when we when we picked up March Bank last year, you know, we'll see in 70s and 80s through the JLT. Um, weren't we? And, you know, we paid a quite similar price for Marchbank where I know, the, I don't know if you saw, you know, the news reports, and, or not news reports, but the articles on afl.com.au and all that sort of stuff about, you know, him being leadership material and how much Frio missed him and all this sort of stuff because he was out for the year with the ACL. But uh, I just don't see him, see him being scoring enough to, to consider him a viable option. As Brett said when we spoke about Beams, you don't get points for leadership, hey, Brett? Yeah, 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 typical bombs trying to sneak that in there as well. I'll, I'll tell you what I do like, uh, fellas. One more player is Lockie Neal. I'll tell you, he is, uh, you know, strongly being considered for myself as well right now as well. Just with just seeing Fife and seeing that he, you know, he is going to be roaming that Ford 50 C money there. Neal's going to be the one to lead this midfield, I think, uh, you know, particularly through the times when Fife's not there. But, you know, still a really strong um, leader even when Fife is in there. And, you know, Neil doesn't have another position, does he? So he's going to be inside that midfield accumulating. And uh, I know that, you know, you obviously like the, the pick, Corey. Not sure how you feel, Bretta, but certainly, I mean, you know, people out there always say, oh, who can I pick as a pod? And, you know, my, my answer to that is, you know, don't pick the pod. Just go pick the players who, you know, you think are going to score the most. But uh, certainly, you know, if you're from the pod perspective, Lockie Neal is only owned by 2% of teams. Certainly a, a good option, I think. Have Lockie Neal in that, uh, not as good, but that Titch, that titch mould. Uh, Tom Mitchell, Zach Merritt, accumulators, like you said. They yeah. will touch the ball between every, like, you know, 30-plus times every game. You're Matt Crouch... Um, they will get the ball to the ball user. Uh, but that still correlates to points because Lockie Neal can get, you know, have a 30 possession game and have 24 contested. Um, yeah. I ran him last year and I was yeah, so happy yeah. with him, man. Like, he just, he just goes by up, every week scoring 110. Yeah, ended up with him like at the back end of the season, probably for the last two Yeah, pretty much every year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's always because of that. He's the one that always comes under the radar. 
he's had I think he's had the good buy for the last two years like that early buy and just come out of that um, yeah he, he's just always been that man but he's definitely definitely a big pod and with the fact like I said with Fife starting forward <sighs> I mean starting forward with Fife talk of increased forward minutes I think that's going to benefit Neil but for sure yeah Last week, bringing that up. Okay, uh, just want to touch on with our boys at Exotic Limo. We are going to run the exoticlimo.com.au Player of the Year this year, boys, and we'll be kicking that off from round one. It'll be a three-to-one voting system, kind of like the Brownlow, uh, not individually per each game, but we'll have the players up for the week that you know the community wants to nominate or whoever has the, the absolute good game, and then between us three. We'll give them the three, two, one votes, and we will have the exoticlimo.com.au player of the year. Um, and I can already tell between these two, there's going to be some uh, a lot of heated debates throughout the season. So, oh, I'll guarantee you that. I'll tell you what, Dustin Martin, Dustin Martin is going to be filthy that exotic limos weren't all aboard us last year. Because, mate, I'll tell you what, he, Dusty, he would have loved to have taken out that award last year as well with everything else that he bloody won. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, well, it doesn't That's incredible because. Bomb for last year said the Crips is better than Dusty, so I don't know what that. You did say that. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Remember when he full abused me? I said Dusty, you're like who averages more, and he's like Crips. Crips easy, no doubt. Crips. He's like Dusty's not even relevant. The guy turns it over 17 times a game, and then he goes average just like 120. I love it. I'm so happy. Crips was injured, so good times. Great classic kids. Super coach elite. I love it. When you're doing your chalky milk challenge. All right, let's go across to the West Coast and Port Adelaide game. Uh, the half of Dom Barry, uh, who I do have to apologise to, because out of the cash cows, he actually probably was more impressive than Brayshaw this week. Um, but I might have said rookies before, so might have got off on that one. Um, Dom Barry's game, Bonfa. Uh, again, you're a little bit excited about this one. Oh, I'll tell you what, mate. The Bonfa Express, mate, he gets excited by a lot of things. And boy, am I excited by Dom Barry. 117k midfielder. Um, you know, we obviously encourage through the podcast for everyone to keep an eye out for him. Uh thinking that he was going to be good to go round one. We mentioned the Polek injury. Uh, he seemed to have a good role out in the field as well. 55% game time was all he played. He scored 99. He had 20 touches in 50% game time. Absolutely. No, 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 no. 82% game time, 50% by... Oh, sorry, 80, sorry. 82% uh, Yeah, by game time. Sorry, I stuffed that one up, didn't I? Yeah, I will give it to you, Bonds, because you did say that to me today, and you did have it right. So Yes. And I and I had everything written down here. I just uh, mixed up my numbers. That's what it was. I had the the disposal efficiency in the wrong spot. That's all. So but fifty five percent by foot. Uh, sorry, fifty five percent of his touches were only effective, um, and he still managed to score ninety nine. Like that 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 is unbelievable. Um, because you know you'd expect with that sort of score, his disposal efficiency, you'd anticipate him being up around you know ninety percent. Um, but he wasn't. He was down at 55, and, and it, it was incredible. Like, it really was. Um, so, yeah, no, all aboard uh, Don Barry um, should be, you know, somewhere on your midfield bench, if not on your field. Brett? Would, would he be close to the number one of, I guess, the cash cow power rankings right now? Do you reckon he'd be the best one? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, and on price, too. Yeah. 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 In terms of dollars made, yeah, he's probably sitting there, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. he's good. Couple of those uh, port plays, <laughs> you know what? The and we're going to touch on this. Robbie Gray getting reported. Um, I really hope that like a player like Don Barry is not the one that has to make way after playing round one. He won't. Bloody hope not. 
Um, have we got any will, news on the Pop will. injury as well? Absolutely nothing. I haven't been paying attention to Stevie Mott. I haven't even seen anything because I know he was hurt. I think he came off. Like, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Um, Paddy Ryder, Bretter, straight across to you. You've had him locked in. Absolutely dominated in the ruck again. 29 hitouts. Uh, you know, his, his opponents weren't too bad as a combined. Um, Scotty, like I said, dominated around ground. But uh, Paddy Ryder, any, did he do himself any harm in your team or just only good? No, only good. It's just that buy. It's just such an ugly buy that um, you're scaring me out of picking him. And yeah, I want to pick him. I think it's very likely I'll pick him. He's number one of my options outside of Max Gorn at the moment. Um, I just in my head figured that he's going to average probably five to ten points more than the next best Ruckman. Unless I think there will be another Ruckman that will average the same. But I think we're sort of um, picking from five or six, and one of them will do it, and I'd rather just take the secure pick with Paddy Ryder and just really hurt for one week and then try and bounce back from that. I play for league, so I'm happy to risk it for a week, figure I can probably still maybe win that game anyway and just keep pushing forward. Just not a good fixture. Uh, Bumps? Yeah. How cocky is he? Reckons he doesn't even know who he's facing, but he's kind of like, oh, I'll run a donut and I'll beat whoever's there anyway, mate. You come up against me, you'll be pulverized even if you had 27 players. You idiot. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, no. Paddy how many, Ryder, how many points did you finish last yeah. year? Both <laughs> a couple, couple look, thousand Ryder, look we're here, I'm here to talk about Paddy Ryder, mate. Paddy Ryder. Now, look, I, I do say, I have to say, I have to agree with Brady here because if Paddy Ryder didn't have that ugly round 10 buy, he would be my uh, my Ruckman I'm selecting next to Max Gorn there. But unfortunately, he has it. And I think for that reason, I'm going to have to give him a miss. The only way I'm doing Paddy Ryder, and I know you boys hate it, is if I get Scotty Lysett on my bench. Oh, it makes me sick. Hey, mate. He's averaged Everyone 80. wants to do it. The, the last year he played, it. he averaged 83 the last year he played. His scores were even better with Nick Nat. I reckon Nick Nat's cooked. Uh, and honestly, just put him on ice. Get rid of Just, just let Lysett. Just, just give him there. Um, look, he. I saw some statistics tweeted out by the Freako which I was very generously tagged in uh, through the week because people know that I am all aboard the uh, Lyset train right now. But uh, Lyset did have the lowest amount of uh, hitouts to advantage of all Ruckman that played this weekend. Am I concerned about that? No, because despite doing that, um, he only had 13 hitouts anyway, by the way, but he does a lot around the ground. He had 10 He had ten touches, he had three marks, five tackles. I mean, that's kind of good numbers, isn't it? Um, 13 hitouts as well. He scored 81 points, um, and I'm relatively okay with that. And I'll tell you what, 277,000... Or think or thereabouts. If uh, you know he can average me in the eighties, I don't see why not. I don't see why you can't run him at ruck three to cover Ryder in round ten. You've only got to find one hundred and fifty thousand. All you've got to do is downgrade, say a Matt Crouch to a Canilio if you're not doing that already, and and you've got yourself covered. And there's probably not that much difference between a Canilio and a Matt Crouch. I look if people want to do it, I'm I'm giving it the bomb stick of approval because I quite like it. I just want to say the something. only way. I, I disagree. Okay. I disagree with that statement. Massively, I think there's a big difference between Canelio and Matt Crouch. Really, over the first ten weeks, though. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I think, yeah, yeah I think. We're looking I'm not at, sure. I think we're looking around at least a minimum of probably five to ten points a game between those two, and you correlate that to ten weeks. That's a hundred points, especially if you're playing for overall. You're a hundred points behind. Of course, you're going to have set to cover you for one week. I mean. In the you long run, overall, have... that'll probably you know cover that one week, and it'll cover you during buys as well. But most of the time, you can get the eighteen during buys with the right trades and and markups. However, look, I, I understand why people want to want to buy a set. I get it. 
they're looking for the wits of last year. I understand that. He does a lot around the ground. I just don't think he's going to get you enough for what you need. And I can't see him averaging anything above probably 90. And that's honest. So what are you getting him for? For, what, a quick 100k? And then wasting an extra trade later on? Yeah, look, uh, Bob, so I, like understand, your team in Jeopardy, I understand so. your scenario. Like, sorry, I don't, I don't condone it, but I, but I understand it. Um, yeah, I, I don't condone that one. What I don't like is teams wanting to start him at ruck two. I really don't like that. Um, and I just don't think he's going to offer you enough. I think he's going to be so far behind the next best ruckman. And let's weigh it up. Let's say Scott Lysette and what. So, for example, uh, Matty Crouch versus um, Canelio and Cruiser. Like, what option are you taking there? Who do you think's scoring your ball points? I'm taking Canelio and Cruiser every day of the week in that scenario. Um, for the ones that are running him at Ruck 2. I get what you're saying. There's, it's just, I think it's wasted. I think it's wasted cash early. There's also a lot of price difference between, you know, the Canelio-Cruiser combo compared to the... Uh, <laughs> Lies set and grouch combo as well, but um, is yeah, that, no, is look, it really? oh yeah, oh yeah, well, hell yeah, 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 it's probably two hundred, yeah, but yeah, yeah like, no, you know it'd be about I mean? two hundred. Right, so Canelio, I get what you're saying, yeah, Canelio, you're saying, like or someone. Look, I get what you're saying, but yeah, you can't say that because Lies is ruckman. Anyways, let's get off that. Lies set, um, Lies set will be ruck three, and and that's the only way I, I do support Lies set is if it's ruck three, and I and I really only support it if you're going with Paddy Ryder. Um, and I think, I guess what I was saying about Cornelia was if you're not running Cornelia, maybe that's the way you can generate the cash because look, Cornelia can average 105 in the first 10 rounds. And you know what? If Matt Crouch is going what he did last year, what's he averaging in the first 10 rounds? What's that? 110? What did he average last year? It's about 110. Yeah, something, like, something like that. In the first few rounds, yeah. it wasn't that great. I think he had a massive back half of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, look, look. even if he averages 110 in the first 10 rounds, Canelio can do 105. But, look, I don't mind it. I think you make money off Lysette as well. You make money off having Lachilio. Uh, I, I was combining the plays there. Canelio. Um, but it, it is it then does become a little bit more, you know, mid-price madness, which I think, you know, I try to anyway condone as least of that as possible and sort of just you know get your primos and rooks but you know i think some exceptions can be made and, and i like the idea of low set and um and rider sort of going together without spending too much time on this if nick nat comes back into the team round three or four who do you think's coming out of that team for it yeah it's, it's scott Lysette. it has to be scott Vardy. Vardy can Arkham play Vardy. forward Lysette can't that's the difference between these two. Vardy's not an out-and-out pure number one ruckman. He has to play third Vardy's tall. Vardy's so big and has slow, to play man. third tall and then tap ruck. Scott Lysette is a great player around the ground, but doesn't do that. For me, for me, I think, and purely, I do believe this, I think more people are convincing themselves about Lysette because of his price rather than believing a fact that, that he's going to be the... That Vardy can play that swing man a little bit better. You gotta we had this West conversation Coast, earlier today, and that's what that's what's talked me out of it. Where West I figure, like, I go Ryder and Lysette, round four, about, he's out. Yeah, West Coast don't give a shit about your super coach team. So, should. dogs. Yeah, well, they should, but they don't. And I think I think Scott Lysette's first out if if Nick Nat can come in between, you know, those kind of rounds. And then how how screwed are you? 
almost dropped an F bomb there. Well played. Yeah. yeah. Very close. Well, yeah. I don't think you're necessarily screwed because then you just trade down and use that money, then don't you? Don't so yeah, it's, it's risk and reward for no reason. It is. Risk and he could have just had the 200k at the start. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, yeah. But look, let's let's definitely leave it there because we could probably sit here and argue this all <laughs> night. Let's get back onto the been. game. Um, Elliot Yo, who was very very impressed with his game. Relatively. Oh, I wonder Bomper wasn't because he said he's not going to be a top six <laughs> defender, so he wasn't even looking at him. <laughs> Unless you've changed right. your mind, Bonfer. Have you? Have you changed your mind? Look, if we if we go back, have to you tried? Have you tried him into your team? <laughs> if you tried him back, into your team, brother, mate. If we go back to the West Coast pod up podcast, I did call him my my premium selection, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, but you said he's not a top six On a technicality, I, I did say that <laughs> Yo was my West Coast premium. You but no, no, no. Look, I did don't say. Tell me, and don't tell me you picked him. He uh, he oh, may have made. He may have found oh, his way. It's may unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, may have done. I think I think he cleared up a lot of questions. Um, and I think his first half, I, I think he looked excellent when he was down back. Anyone worried about Jeremy McGovern going down and and Yo having okay. to step back a little bit? Yep, and and that's what I want to raise because when I had my Yo spiel, I said that you know he'd be good if he continued to play down back. He sits behind the ball, or even if he's on a man. He intercept marks, he intercept possessions, he does all that. The moment McGovern went down, his scoring increased. It, it's his score was based on his, I think, more more so based on the similar role he had last year. This has raised now just more not not more doubt, but just a little bit more confusion and, and no more clarity for me as to whether or not he can do this in the midfield, which is what he's meant to have said to be doing this year, right? He's meant to, you know, he's meant to be playing more midfield. He's meant to be relieved from, you know, that sort of halfback role that he's had. I need to see West Coast next JLT game. I need to see McGovern in that game as well. And I need to see Yo pump out, I guess, a relatively good score whilst not playing behind the ball for myself to, to be confident in selecting him to start the year. Can I ask you a question? Do you think, and I'm not going to hold you to this, but do you think if West Coast go in there with a soft lineup and Yo and McGovern are arrested, Will that seriously hinder your chances of starting Elliot Yo in the start of the season? There's no way I will start with him if that happens. Okay. And and even if even if McGovern didn't play, Yo did, and Yo played across half back, I'm not touching him until I see his until I see him score in this supposed new role that he'll be playing. Yeah, You're already touching him. He's in your side. <laughs> he's not. Sense. No, 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 Breda, mate. If you want to screenshot him, I actually don't. He's, he's out. out. He's out. I think he was in <laughs> 14 seconds. I got the photo, and then about 10 seconds later, he's, there was about 19 changes in my team straight after that. So, uh, Breda, what are your thoughts on him? I like Yo. I was worried about picking him because I thought he wouldn't be match ready, but he's match ready. Um, we had all the talk of the injury or surgery. I can't remember now. There's been so many with dramas in the off season. Um, he's ready. He looks good. I think he's going to shift between midfield and halfback, and he's going to find a way to average at least 100 points a game. Before Bonfrax absolutely explodes about Jake Redden as well. Um, oh, my gosh. Jack. Jack, Jack Redden. Sorry, Jack sorry, sorry. Uh, let's have a touch on a couple of the kids out of this game. I think Francis Watson, for 48% of game time, is really impressed. Um, really liked him. You know I do. You know I'm all about him. Liam Ryan. He's in a lot of our forward lines. Is anyone kind of worried about his role or uh, the way he plays, if he's going to hold his spot in that team? Exciting, energetic, went up for a lot of balls, but 
kind of looked like that kind of trap small forward. Um, any more concerns, or did you do yourself any favours, uh, young Liam Ryan, Bumfer? Most small forwards are traps, but um, you know that's why you don't select them as mid prices or premiums as a general rule. But when they're rookies, you, you kind of take them. I think you know we're going to have to take what we're given. I think we are certainly going to be given um, Ryan. I, I think that's just a foregone conclusion. A foregone closure. I don't even know what that phrase is. Whatever it's called. That's the one I'm after, Corey. Um, so, yeah, look, and, and that look is an exciting prospect. And, and look, is he going to have games where he's going to score 40? Most certainly. Is he going to have, you know, games every now and then where he's going to go 70, 80? Of course he is. Let's just hope he can string a few of them together, make enough money so then we can then piss him off and upgrade someone else to a premium um, because that's the role he's going to play in the uh, Bombs Express lineup this year. Right. Yeah, I'm worried about him. He does feel like a trap. And I feel like the four depths actually gotten a little bit better. Um, as JLT has gone on with like your Fritz, your Murphy, your Pohulk, I think was quite a few nice options. And I think if we're, I think most teams are running four of those bottom, so like 123k and under forwards. And I think he's just outside of that. I think he's probably the fifth or sixth best option. And I'm not sure he's going to even get picked. Shuey, yeah. oh. Red and Gaff. Where do we rate the three of them? as super coaches moving forward for West Coast. Um, and, yeah, well, I'll, I'll leave it as that question first. Brett, we'll start with you. Redden, oh, as if Bonfer didn't need any more pumping up oh, his tyres. Bro, I feel Woo! sick. Yeah. I feel sick. I think he is, for super coach value, far and away more valuable than Shuey and Gap, simply because of his price. Um, I still don't think Shui and Gaffer options you can start with simply because it's still big question marks over them. I know Mitchell and Prudis are gone and that's going to open up spots, but I think the two guys are going to take those spots are Yo and Redden. On far, mate, you were right. Oh, I can see this guy averaging 100 plus and it's, yeah, props to you. Clap, clap. You've actually picked this one out very nicely. Couple of seasons of averaging 100, and you know what? I'll I'll leave the rest of the talk about Red and Four Bonfire because it is, I guess it is his boy. I guess. Before I get to oh, you, no, no. you Bonfire, I'm Shuey Gaffer, and I got Red ranked last on those three. Wow. Even at his price, I think Red is going to be the biggest trap ever. I don't think you're going to see these games week to week. Wow. Yeah, I'm not sold, Jack Red. Um, I thought Shuey's game on the weekend was absolutely amazing. I'm not going to take Redden's game. Redden played a great game. Um, he, he did. He played very well. But I can't see him doing this week to week. Honestly, I can't. And, and I like them heaps better. I think his cap is probably at about 100 um, for an average. And I'm not I'm not taking that. At his, even at his, what is he, 430? 410, I think. Yeah, probably should have done a little bit more like looking that. into that. I think that. it's 409. If you're putting him next to Canelio, I'm taking Canelio every day of the 437. week. 437. Can you, can you run both? Nah, I don't think you can. I don't think West Coast is going to be that competitive all year, to be honest, as well. The uh, thing is, he did it. He's done it before, playing for Brisbane, who would yeah, ass, yeah. couldn't win a game. He averaged over 100. In, but he's also gone missing dropped before out midfield. as well, too. So, yeah, but that was when he's played forward. Since he moved, he's been playing forward, and I think it's just a position change is all he needs. I, just, I, I think I like the other two better. I, I really do. Bumps? Let me tell you something, Corey. In Jack Redden's career, right, in five years, in you know, I'm just picking out five years here, but in the five years that he's averaged over 20 touches a game, these are his averages. 
and 95.1 so if he he average no but he averages over but his maximum he's ever averaged is 24.9 um now look he's averaging more than 25 touches a game and uh you know what if in the over ju- oh 20, you're talking through the year sorry i thought you meant through the year through, like so far it's gonna be he's played one game yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that would still he's be averaging over 36 <laughs> positions per game He's averaging 162 or whatever it was, Supercoach points a game. No, no, but honestly, um, he, he's going inside that midfield. Now, if you saw Adam Simpson's press conference, like he, he called him the number one trainer in the entire West Coast lineup through wow. the preseason. What a he's, well, that is, I reckon, that is, I reckon no, that is a bloody good You hear it all the time. He's good. No, no, no. We're, we're right here, Corey. And you know what? Maybe I'm uh, a little bit biased here because I did say in the West Coast podcast that this bloke here is the, the mid-price to look out for, but he's good. He averages, he'll average record numbers in terms of possessions uh, this year. I have no doubt about that, um, and I'm going to call that 25 plus, um, and if he does that, he can go 105 a game. I reckon he can if do you it. Two I think, can if you two honestly think that he's going to average 105 a game, I think you're stupid for not starting him. Yeah, well, you know what? You make a totally valid point, so maybe I will start him and get Lysett on my bench. Maybe that'll really play for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> look, no, no, no. Look, a hey, look. I, th- I think he can. I think he can genuinely do it. Um, and and when I say genuinely do it, he's, he's not going to be a top eight mid. I, I want to clarify that. But he certainly can at four hundred and thirty-seven k. Add you know at least a hundred thousand onto his value. Be a stepping stone to you. You know your really top line primos. But not only that, but score your big points uh, throughout the way as well. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to drop my uh, little fixture thing in a, in a few weeks as well. But there's something a little, uh, there's, there's probably a little nugget there about the West Coast um, sort of fixture as well that that may entice a few people um, into him. So I'm, I'm going to hold that one, and I'm just going to include it in the uh, little spreadsheet that will drop. Um, but look, no, Redden, um, absolute big fan of him. And can I just say, I hate that you have Luke Shuey at rank number one. I think uh, I honestly yeah, hate him. He he's he's not a footballer. He is honestly. I, I, I'm really struggling here to hold back on my words because I'm, you know, I know there may be young people listening here. But I'll tell you what, that bloke. I'll tell you, if they don't outlaw this bullshit, you know, flipping raising your arm to draw the high free, if they don't bloody outlaw that, then I'll tell you what, I'm going to cause some sort of bloody riot because this is bloody bullshit. That's I'll not tell you what, his fault. No, no, no. I, I don't give a damn, all right? Because any player in the <laughs> AFL can exploit that damn rule, right? And he's the only dickhead probably with Joel Selwood a little bit, but Joel Selwood doesn't do it as much. This bloke does it every single time he touches the goddamn pill, and he really pisses me off, this bloke. I'll tell you that much. I hope Luke Shuey averages 24 for the year. Honestly, I've had enough of him. Yeah, the umpires aren't <laughs> going to call it. He'll keep getting away with it. Uh, you still get, and you get points for that too, raising 100%. your arm too, so that should actually play into a freaky four. hope he raises the arm a little bit too hard one day and just flip and breaks his nose or something. Just get him out. <laughs> had enough of him. Luke, I've if you listen to the podcast, I apologise. Um, <laughs> change, change the way you play footy, that's what I reckon. Riley Bonner, boys. Well, I want him a prelim, I wouldn't be changing anything. Riley Bonner. Letting him win a prelim, yeah, anyways. But, um, now, look, Riley Bonner, look, was he impressive as he was in the uh, AFLX? No, because it wasn't much time and space. But look, you know, did he do enough to sort of say that he'll play some games? Probably did he do enough, though, for me to select him at, you know, high 200,000? No, he didn't, and that's kind of where I sit on that. Yeah, I was quite disappointed with his output. Um, he's definitely regressed in my looking at him. He's almost off my heap stinker watch list, actually. Uh, 
don't think I can see myself starting with him. Definitely drop down for me. Uh, boys, anything else you want to add on for this game? No. Beautiful. Uh, definitely check out Twitter this week, guys, uh, for our heaps dinkum.com.au uh, league that we got coming up. Give it a retweet, uh, and, you know, like I said, get your chance to join the league. Do not forget to inbox us. This is your big week to get your chance into the exoticlimo.com.au league where prizes are an abundance. Um, definitely, definitely let us know, preferably 25 words or less, why you deserve to be in this league. Um, look, I think one thing, uh, when the... When the when the oh, whatever this podcast comes up on Facebook and Twitter, <laughs> any questions that you want answered to, definitely drop them up. Didn't have time today, um, but drop them on there. We will do our best to to get to them. And feel free to jump on SoundCloud or jump on iTunes and give us a review because your feedback definitely helps us. Um, and you know we love doing what we're doing, so it'll it'll definitely help us out. On behalf of uh, Brett Bombs and myself, peace out community, and thank you for listening to this very long podcast. <laughs>